day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Bill. How are you? I saw something that you posted on Facebook. I love this stuff, okay? <laughs> I mean, I still save clippings like I still have these clippings. I don't have this one. I've got it now. Buck posts. I guess this is probably the Houston Chronicle, but back in 1986, his senior class it's the newspaper's top 25 football players in Texas for that 1986 season. And, Buck, I'll let you respond, but number one's Melvin Foster. Some of these guys, a lot of these guys I do know. Melvin Foster, now, when this was printed, he was undecided. He went to Iowa and was very, very good. Number two, Harvey Williams from Hempstead went to LSU. Lance Pavlis, I remember him out of Tumble, he went to A&M. Percy Waddle, receiver, I remember him as well. You get down to number 12, it's Charles Arbuckle, Willow Ridge, who (laughs) is going to UCLA, and also Brian Jones in there as well, linebacker, who was ranked the number nine player. But, Buck, I love lists like that that go back, man. Love them. Yeah, you know, it's funny because Brian and I, I had him on my podcast, and, if you you know, if you haven't had a chance, you got to check it out. Because BJ and I started out. He came, I met him in high school. He came to to Houston, and we hung out. And part of it was we met on the recruiting trail because uh, you know he was he was in Lubbock and I was in Houston, and then Reggie Moore was also. So we were all getting recruited by quite a few of the same schools. And Brian, I, you know, I didn't know at the time, but you know, his, his family life wasn't. A stable, so he would come hang out with us down in Houston, and just became like our our other brother. You know, he was always around. Really good player. Uh, ended up coming to UCLA and then transferring to Texas. So I had him on the show, and he said, "Man, I saw something the other day. I got to find it so I can send it to you." But yeah, those Street and Smith magazines and some of those other things. And I can remember from the Chronicle, we had a a photo session with Lance Pavlis, myself. I think Alvin Lee or Willie, I can't remember all who was there, but Melvin Foster. So they took like the top 100 in the area. And I, was, I think I was on number seven or eight. I can't remember the, but it was so cool as you started going through and, you know, getting recruited and starting to get to know some of those guys playing against them. You know, I, I played against a lot of them. I actually grew up in Beaumont and Houston. So um, a lot of those guys from the Beaumont area, I knew really well because I would spend my summers in Beaumont. So Alvin Lee and I played basketball and, and football 
uh, in the you know summers together. So it's just kind of cool to watch that list, and then you know you would see guys like Harvey Williams, who I didn't know, but as you started getting recruited, you were going to some of the same places and getting to know some of those guys. So it's it's, it's really neat to go back and watch. And it was not a four star, five star list. It was just called you know, blue chip list. And uh, <laughs> Brian sent me a clip, and I just posted it. It's been kind of cool to get the reactions of people and kind of reminisce on that. Harvey Williams, who went to LSU, and Buck, that year, everybody thought he was going to A&M. And at the last minute, I don't know if it was one of those signing day things before <laughs> signing day became a big dramatic thing like we have today, but – he switched to to or or he didn't select A and M. We know that, and I think yeah. there was a lot of bitterness between both A and M and LSU over that. But went to LSU and was really good when he was healthy. Didn't he have some knee problems or something? Yeah, he he struggled with some injuries, man. But he was pretty special. I think his recruitment was very similar to Eric Dickerson. He was kind of, you know, everybody. At, at our time, was talking about him being very similar to Eric Dickerson, his running style, but also just a bigger back but could run. Harvey was special. Um, I can remember watching him in high school, and you were like, God, dog, who's going to stop that kid? Yeah. You know, it was it was some guys on him that you saw like, oh, okay, they got a real legitimate chance. But what was interesting, you know, I think a lot of people were asking, well, how many made it to the pros? And it wasn't so much. I posted it just because I thought it was cool that some guys did, but it was a number of players from that area and that era who, you know, went on to some pretty nice college careers and then a few of us made it to the league as well. But it just goes to show you that you can be really good at one level and then how you have to just keep elevating your game each level you go. And, you know, for some that don't even make it into the college level, you know, is it because of just the, the, the circumstances are – were they not as good as they were uh, publicized? You know, but some. But I remember watching a lot of those guys that played uh, because I played against quite a few of them, and they were pretty damn good. And that's the thing. That just shows you how hard it is to get to each level and make it and, 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 and prosper at the next level. Buck, speaking of Texas, there was an incident in the Dallas-Fort Worth area over the weekend with Stetson Bennett. What did you think when you saw that? Well, you know, Bill, it, it, it's interesting. I, I always hear, and it just, you know, it, it kind of was juxtaposed against Tyree Nichols, not the same situation. But all people will say, well, why do, why do folks run? Well, I don't care who you are. If you're white, black, green, or brown, when the cops come around you, you get a little nervous. And Stetson had been drinking, made the wrong decision, and took off running. Fortunately for him, he's still living. And I think the, the big key is, you know, it, it, he was already in a situation from a draft prospect that I don't know if he was going to get drafted really high. I've always said once he gets to a, 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 a school and he'll be like Chase Daniel, may not be the most athletically gifted person, but will be able to play at a high level. That was bad judgment by him, A, of drinking and driving, and B, running away from the cops when, you know, <laughs> you, you you can probably do more by just talking to him if you're Stetson Bennett. He, he's already got a name, and, and he is not going to get beat down 
uh, generally because folks in that area know, okay, yeah, this is Stetson Bennett, you know, national championship winner. I just think it was some poor decisions on his part, and, and hopefully for him it doesn't affect him too negatively because, you know, teams are still going to look and say, hey, what's our risk-reward? Not that we were going to draft him super high, but now we got a chance to say, okay, he's got a little blemish on him, but how is he going to come back from that? And I think, I think at the end of the day, they're going to be enough to – it's 32 teams, and we've seen way worse things by guys that still get drafted high. I just think he's now going to have to really – uh, work on that part during the draft process. I was a little disappointed he didn't decide to go down to the uh, Senior Bowl because I thought that's a chance for him to show in that setting an opportunity to show, hey, look, I might not be the biggest guy, I might not have the strongest arm, but I'm in a position where I've been competitive and I won a couple of national championships. Charles, our buckle with us. Buck, what was your Senior Bowl experience like? You know, I didn't play in the Senior Bowl. I played in the East-West Shrine game. That's right. And I played in the Hula Bowl. Yeah, I missed the Senior Bowl. But, you know, at at the time, the East-West Shrine game was probably the the bowl right below the Senior Bowl. And it was actually pretty good. We had a lot of talented guys there. And it was, um, I mean, it it was competitive. Um, You know, it's funny, Bill, talking about the East-West Shrine game, Troy Taylor, who's now the head coach at Stanford, was one of the quarterbacks on my team. He and John Freeze, and I caught a touchdown pass from him. So when we connected, uh, when I did a Sac State game before he took the Stanford job, we we started talking about that. It was a lot of a lot of scouts there, a lot of a uh, lot of talented players that week, and a good opportunity to compete against guys every single day. I think that's the part I love to see when I watch those Senior Bowl practices and. Just look at those things to watch the level of competition because, you know, your team, your teammates are really good in college. But when you're playing on a team of all stars, where some of these guys have been really, really good, you got to up your elevate your game. And I think that's the the part that I I enjoyed the most the competition and being able to show that I I belong and that I I was just as talented as the guys that I was uh, playing with and playing against. And you have all those NFL eyeballs all together on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, we talk about the combine, but I think if you can show at those games your talent level, that's generally where people make some good decisions or bad decisions. You know, like they say, hey, I don't think this guy can play. And that was the part for me right away. I mean, the, the nerves – you know, first off, you're not in great football shape because you've been off a little bit. You've been working out, but you haven't been football working out. And then all of a sudden, you got to, it's a shock to the system the first few days. But then after that, it's just playing football. You know, you get back to, to your level of, okay, I got to compete and, and work against these guys. And then so, in some cases, some guys came to those things just kind of thinking, hey, it's a party, I'm going to hang out. They didn't always end up getting drafted as high as they wanted to, or it just, it left a negative taste on the, in their mouth, and then they had to really try to come back and get ready for the combine, which if you didn't perform well, that's two marks against you. So you had to go there and, and, and be ready to, to compete. And I, I heard that from a lot of scouts. That was the reason why uh, they liked how I was able – I showed up at anything and was ready to go. Buck, not enough time, but I just want to throw something at you. Mark Pantone, a guy I've known a long time, the – player personnel guy, 
at Ohio State, was with Urban Meyer and stayed on with Ryan Day. And actually was down there at Florida with Urban. Anyways, he's saying, look, we may change our recruiting plan year to year just because we're running into every kid who wants to know and then pit us against somebody else in NIL. Uh-huh. And, look, Buckeyes are going to get players no matter what. I'm not worried about that part. But my question, and, again, we may have a minute, Buck. I'm sorry. It needs more than okay. a minute. But wouldn't that be some – I, I got to say, if I'm a head coach or I'm a coach and I'm out there chasing all the time and now all I'm dealing with is me and our collective against the other guy, that would get old. That would. And I think that's the, that's the part people are struggling with. That's a big conversation. Let's do it again next week. Well, but I we think will. the real key is – is, is understanding what the collective is and how you can control it. And that's the hard part for a lot of these coaches and, the, and folks that are trying to understand what is this true collective and how does it play a role in how we develop our players and get our players here. Buck, we'll do it next week, bud. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Charles Arbuckle with us every Tuesday. Although it's Thursday. You know what I mean by that, though. Omni-National Loser.